0: Bill Mackey, Judd Zulgad. You guys are all-encompassing. Mackey and Judd. You can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of uh, what's up in the city. On 1500 ESPN.
1: Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins.
0: Now, with 1500 ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head, Derek Wetmore. Presented by the Canopy Group. For the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. The senior web editor. Not to be confused with all the junior editors and assistant staffers right. of fifteen
2: hundred ESPN.com. I don't even <laughs> know how to respond to these. It was when I started, guys, it was I think it was Dave Harrigan that first asked if senior web editor meant that I was still completing my senior year of high school when I started at 1500 ESPN. <laughs> Young face. Yes, I'm just saying. I thought I thought your here just done an internship or a <laughs> job shadow. Shadowing for the next Day. year he'll be the yeah.
1: collegiate web editor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, fresh. Oh, got it. So um... – all right, the twins went all in with this marketing campaign. Cold air, don't care, all week long. Cold mm. air, don't care. Hashtag. Okay, we care now. We care. We're gonna cancel the <laughs> game we on Sunday. <laughs> care a little bit. Well, we care. But like they could have played that game yesterday if it was if it was a three hour nine inning game. They could have played the game until snow fell. What made them tap out? You were at the game on
2: uh, on Saturday. For the weekend. I, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I I mean I don't know, but I don't I don't like to second guess the weather because it's so easy to do that you're you're trying to make an educated guess of what's going to be happening in the next 90 minutes or so sure but and you this... also
0: stole an off day on may 14th from your team we, and now you have to play we, like 20 straight right. days We're, or something
1: we also have people that can do that
2: that's right oh i know <laughs> and with great accuracy am i right <laughs> <laughs> short, short term yes uh, exactly 90 minutes yes exactly. except for dave doll we count on dave that's we, the thing yes.
1: no i mean i'm no, i'm being serious within a couple hours A meteorologist worth their salt should be able to say, within the next three hours... Here's
2: probably what's going to happen. You're good or you're not
1: good. Maybe not tomorrow, because weird things can happen. But three, four hours, they should tell you that, yes, they should be able to nail it.
2: So I don't know what went into the decision, but there's a whole group of people that are affected. Right, The Mariners give up an off day. The Twins are giving up an off day. Coming back from the West Coast, they're playing the Angels on Sunday, their getaway day. It's like 3 o'clock, I think, is first pitch central. And then you're coming back... For now, for a Monday night game against the Mariners for a one-off, so it's not ideal. I mean, nobody wants to do that, I'm sure. If you're the team, you're maybe not going to get great gate right now, but you're giving away a lot of free tickets to go back to that uh, May 14th game, and I you'll I don't get, think it's good for anybody. You'll get, really,
1: you'll get better gate on May 14th, right? You'll get more walk up that day than you'll lose. On season ticket holders that won't well, be come back, yeah, I think,
2: and yeah, but maybe, maybe not. But you also got to consider this isn't just about selling tickets. Like you're this probably screws with your pitching. Well, and right? it might and it might rain. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you don't know me. Well, so. Other than that, right? Other than that, what else? I think that there's a a lot to be said about April weather all around baseball. Really, really throwing a wrench in the schedule for a number of teams. But all I keep thinking every time I see a lead written about the weather or I hear broadcasters talk about it endlessly while they sniffle into the microphone, there's just this element of it's still baseball and you still have to go out and try to win those games. These wins mean just as much for the Twins as late September baseball, where they're maybe going to be on the fringe of the playoffs. So
0: what have you learned? The stop-start nature of the of this twin schedule has just been... It's been such a buzzkill, guys. All right, the totally. baseball season's about to start, but like, kind of not really. They've only played a handful of games, Full and start. so what are there definitive things that you've learned at all, or is it all just like it's too early and it's too stop-start, and the weather's been too crappy?
2: Yeah, it's more of the second for me. I, I'm always that guy. Like, it could have been perfect. They could have been playing in a dome, and here we are, seven games in. I'd say, ah, hang on a second. Let's let's get enough of a sample before we can start talking about Logan Morrison being a bust of a signing. I think it's way too early for that kind of stuff. There are some interesting things. Number one for me is Miguel Like He either hits at 500 feet, a screaming double, or he strikes out. And he strikes out in almost half his (laughs) times to the plate. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic to watch. The other thing, and I sent you guys a note on this. I'm really curious to see what happens this series with Houston, assuming they get the games in, which they should. Cause you're going to see some premier pitching on display at target field. And it's not going to be from the twins, but you're going to see some premier pitching come to town. And then the twins try to throw their best up to counter it. And I'm just going to be fascinated to see how that matchup plays out this whole week. Yeah. I
0: think, uh, I mean, like Verlander, Keichel, McCullers, and some then the pitchers over there. And <laughs> then the Astros bullpen has a bunch of flamethrowers too. Yeah. This is obviously if you get swept and destroyed like you did, I think it was mid-season or like early season last year, it doesn't really mean a lot in the grand scheme because the Astros are a better team. Hey, okay, <laughs> very yeah, well. Like, for sure, like the Astros are a better team, uh, but it's going to be just an interesting glimpse at their pitching staff and their
2: bullpen and their lineup as it looks compared and lined up to yeah, yours. Well, right? well, and here's what's pretty interesting to me about this series. I hate to be series preview guy because maybe by the time you hear this, it doesn't matter. They're two games into the series, but with getting snowed out over the weekend, here's what we've got. I'm really curious to see. The Twins should be able to hold their own against one of the best baseball teams that I've ever seen constructed. <laughs>
1: that's that's not
2: hyperbole. You're right? exactly
1: right. I mean, in my lifetime. I don't think we realize how good they were last year.
2: You'll realize this year when they win 105 games. And that I think the same thing for like the Dodgers. They're just like, this is such an incredible team. They could sustain injuries to their best handful of players and still be one of the best teams in baseball. But with that being said, I'm, I'm, I don't put the twins in that category yet, but I think they aspire to that category. They're trying to climb into that region. And yeah. when you look at lineups. I think it's pretty close. Offensively, the Twins and Astros are fairly close when they're both at full strength. And facing equal pitching. Yes, and that's where the rub is (laughs) because pitching staffs are going to be obviously the the deciding factor in this series. I, I don't say obviously very often in baseball. There's not so many things that you can get a handle on. We're far too overconfident with our predictions. We're far too sure of what we've seen take place. But in this case... I'm going to be just so fascinated to see how fairly equal lineups stack up against you know the varsity versus sort of the junior varsity pitching yeah. staff.
0: Well, see, this is a lineup, and I wish the rotations worked out differently. I, it would be fun to watch Jose Barrios mm-hmm. in better conditions than the historically cold game we saw on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, now everyone had to play in it, so it shouldn't be an excuse that that just pertains to Barrios. Everyone had to play in it, but I would like to see Jose Barrios in. Fair weather conditions, 60 degrees even at some point, pitch against this lineup. because Because sure. he's even said, he's been on the record a couple times just in his starts before he starts this season, that like my, my biggest key is just being able to sort of block out who's at the plate and throw my stuff over. And mm. I found that to be such an amazing mental hurdle. Like, dude, you've been lights out your entire life. And now all of a sudden, it matters that like a really good hitter's at the plate. Just throw your stuff. He's yeah, still and
1: young. He's still. I mean, of course, and he's I'm, still going to have guys come to that plate that he's going to go.
0: Sure, and I'm I'm being too hard on him when I say that because I think that's a thing for most young pitchers. Yeah, but the Astros lineup, there's about, and the Yankees are in that same group with the middle of their order too. Like those are the types of lineups that really test. That mental battle that you have with yourself on the mound. Am I going to throw a pitch that I know that I've been able to get guys out on? Yep. But it's Jose Altuve, that's right, and George Springer, and Aaron Judge,
2: and Giancarlo Stanton at the plate because those are the those are the lineups you're going to face if you get to October here. A big hurdle is to realize that the best in the world are getting themselves out sixty to sixty five percent of the time,
1: and you're good enough. It's yep. just got to be you're, the, here. you're here for a reason. You got here for a he reason. He may
2: get you, but you're probably going to get him. And I think it's an important thing to say after I passingly called the Twins junior varsity pitching staff. It's only by comparison to one of the great pitching staffs. That's why I'm curious about it this weekend. Last year, if you stacked the Twins pitching staff up in August against the Astros after they get Verlander? Kind of like, all right, well, there's one team that's good here, and then you hope Irvin Santana falls in this series. Because otherwise...
1: Where would Irvin Santana have been in the Astros rotation last year? Yeah, I mean, like that's the way to look at it,
2: right? Right, fourth, exactly. If it was if it was beginning
0: of the year, McCullers for sure fourth, fourth, yeah, right, for sure fourth.
2: Well, and the way they did their postseason two, where you're just sort of tandem starting guys, I think you'd argue that Earth maybe doesn't get a start. Right, in comes in in, right, it comes in like the fifth inning. Or and so, just the fact that the Twins have taken a step forward from really having to run out. Your depth, your tenth, eleventh, twelfth best starter, which in any organization is probably going to be bad. If you have to start the twelfth guy on your list in July, you're not feeling very good about it. Even if your list was decent, the Twins' list wasn't that decent last year, and they still had to dig into their depth. This year, you're looking at I think it's I think if I'm right on the matchups, it's going to be Lance Lynn, Jake Odorizzi, and Kyle Gibson. Which if you take any one of those guys, they're not Dallas Keuchel, or they're not. Late season, Justin Verlander last year. That's fine. But at least you have a fighting chance. Yeah. You go up there saying, like, oh, Jake Odorizzi could go six innings and two or three runs, and we're right in this game. Last year, if you're saying, like, oh, yeah, Nick Teppish could go six or seven and keep us in check against that, you're not feeling as good about that as you are about the current depth on this current Twins team. That's why I'm pretty fascinated to see how they stack up against the champs now. Yeah,
0: One thing, uh, as we talk about sort of just like constructing, whether it's for the playoffs or regular season, but constructing a pitching staff. Teams are very much, this is why Gabe Kapler is getting crushed in Philadelphia. Like Teams are very much on to the third time through the order thing, where traditionally you just want your starter to go to 100 plus pitches and go as deep into a game as possible. And now that conventional thinking is sort of out the window. Most smart teams, maybe they're not fully implementing it, but they realize third time through the order for non Justin Verlander caliber starters is really dicey. So is there a way where you can maybe you can pick out two or three starters that you trust a third time through the order, but then have reinforcements ready more often and I would break it down this way. So over the course of a six month season, you have uh, however many innings that you would normally throw. What is it like 1,600 innings or whatever it is like you have some amount of innings that you're going to reach over the course of six months as a pitching staff. And a lot of teams are saying, well, if our bullpen ERA is usually a lot better, and this is a league-wide trend too, than our starting staff ERA, because they're coming in for short bursts, how can we capture that bullpen ERA and expand it out? Like maybe it only takes up 30% of your innings or 40%. Can you make it 50 or 60%? And not put a Kyle Gibson out there for six or seven innings. The Astros are on this.
1: You guys are level five baseball guys. I'm level two baseball guys So I'll ask this: Are we losing? Is the notion of pitch counts starting to go away? It's becoming more important. That exactly that two and a half two two and a half trips through. And it's not if you're still effective and you're at eighty pitches. Right. We'll probably
2: trot you back out there. Here's the way I think about it. A little bit differently than what Phil's saying. Although, I I mean, I definitely track with what you're saying here, Phil. But I think on a game-to-game basis, it's impossible to say, like, well, we want 50% no, of the true. innings from the bullpen, so we'll go 4.5. Well, you- no, 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 yeah, yeah. I get yeah. it. We're but on it the same page need to be here. a paradigm shift. Here's the way I think about it. Kyle Gibson's going up. He's facing the Astros 1 through 9. All right. If Kyle Gibson's in your starting rotation, it means you feel pretty good about him getting Major League hitters out. And for Gibson, the primary pitches are... The fastballs. He's got the four-seamer that he's been using a lot more since midseason last year. I wrote about his breakout being almost entirely dependent on his use of four-seam fastballs. That's, that's really what's changed for Kyle Gibson. So he's got that pitch up in the zone, and then he's got the two-seamer that he's used his whole life. Get ground balls, try to get some swings and misses if they're looking up. That's fine. First time through the order, you do that. The second time through the order, now you go to the changeup. Now you go to the slider. They've seen the fastballs. They're kind of on it. A guy as good as Jose Altuve might be on it from the first pitch. But a guy like, uh, let's use Twins examples, if Max Kepler's seen you once that day, he's got a better idea now of what you feature, how you're going to try to get him out as a lefty, and then he can combat that. Now you're talking the third time through the order, Chris, and this is exactly what Phil's talking about. This is the way I think about it all right, bud, seen the fastball, know what you're going to try to do, seen the scouting report. I know what your secondary stuff looks like today, whether you have the slider or not, Mm -hmm. whether the change-up's working for you or not. I know what you feature. I know how you're going to try to get me out. Here's how I'm going to get a hit. That makes it much harder for a pitcher, and so I'm trying to go to a new guy. I'm trying, hey, Trevor Hildenberger, why don't you come in and give him a new look here? Get this guy out the third time through. So let
0: me put what you just said into, into an ERA context, all right? I'm going to use the Red Sox as an example. So the Red Sox last year, their starting staff ERA was a full run higher than their bullpen ERA. Well, we know that Chris Sale is going to be a guy that you ride deep into games, and maybe there's another starter that you ride deep into games. So those those guys have like minuscule ERAs. So it's the other three starters that are bumping that starting staff ERA well over four, right? Well, teams are figuring out, well, why don't I just like replace some of those crappy starter innings with this Full run lower bullpen ERA, but then at what point do you tax that bullpen? And at that what point ERA do you stretch those up. guys out and then that ERA goes up closer to 4-2?
2: Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's what teams are thinking about now. On the Twins, I think this is fairly simple. I think you trust your starters two times through and then you figure out matchups. You say, all right, Jake Odorisi's dealing today. So fine, let him face a third time. Sure. Until it's like, oh, this matchup's really, uh, we uh, let's go get somebody who's specialized for getting this guy out. Flip side, if you've got Alberto Mejia going, and, well, this is a bad example because he only wants to pitch four and a third, it seems, every time out anyways, (laughs) but have somebody out who you trust maybe, like, a little bit less than your premier guys, okay, then that quote-unquote leash, that proverbial leash is shorter because you know you've got your marathon runner going the first part of the race, and then when you start to hit that wall at 10 miles, 12 miles, 15 miles, wherever it is, uh, for some of it, it was a five miles. But that's the point. That that line has moved shorter. And now you go yes. to the sprinters it used to go to be. grab the baton, get it to the next guy, get it to the next guy, get it. That's why the Twins are carrying an eight-man bullpen in April, which is five years ago is ridiculous. And so, it's optimal strategy now.
1: So this is the second iteration of it used to be good luck, Tex, go throw nine innings. Then we had closers. Now then we had eighth inning specialists. So this seems to me. Again, level two baseball guy. No, yeah. This is the next iteration of that, where people started doing eighth inning, ninth inning specialists, and there were still people in the baseball world going, what are you doing?
0: Yes, but, what then, are you doing? but then to make that strategy for for a six-month long haul of 162 games, to make that an optimal strategy, you can't have one-inning guys. They have to be like one and two-thirds. Sure. They have to be guys who can throw 40 like, pitches, not 20. So
1: middle relievers were always that guy on the roster that
0: no one knew. Failed starters. Nobody knew. Not good enough to close. You're just hoping. You're just hanging on for dear life. Guy
1: comes out of the bullpen in the fourth inning because the starter got chased.
0: Yeah, and now nope. that, that that
1: guy, guy for that's the becoming a much more I don't want to say high leverage because that well, might not be is. the case, but you're. That's going to be, more, again, the eighth inning guy. There were no eighth inning guys.
0: Let's keep on. Let's pause this. Let's keep this going. There's more meat on this bone. I like, that. I'm, and, yeah, I'm uh, learning in here. I like this. And also the twins, Molitor made an interesting managerial decision regarding Max Kepler this weekend that we should talk about. Mackie and Judd, Chris Long in for Judd and Derek Wetmore talking twins. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. You understand? On 1500 ESPN. All right. Well, that's enough of that bullpen stuff for now. We just, we, that's, that's a deep dive, and we, we can do more of that on the Touch em All podcast, Derek, for a uh, hardcore baseball, uh, want to break down bullpen innings guys. Max Kepler has been off to a really good start for the Twins, but he can't hit left handed pitching, at least if you look at the first two years. He's had a couple nice at bats against left handers, at least the one where he ripped a double off the wall. Was it Baltimore? Uh, one Pittsburgh. of those first, Pittsburgh. Okay. So he came up to the plate or was supposed to in a key situation when that game on Saturday was still very much in question. Yep. Left handed reliever on the mound for Seattle. And instead, Paul Molitor opts for Robbie Grossman to come up. And it wound up that the Mariners brought in a different pitcher anyways. And so Grossman winds up hitting left handed anyways against a right handed pitcher, which they went to brought in if Kepler was up. Sure. And Grossman, this is what I say it's 25 degrees temperature, wind chill. It's a tougher situation just to walk up and swing a bat and catch up to 95 miles an hour cold like that. I know he was warming up in the back. I would have let Kepler hit in that spot. I would have let Kepler show that you can take what you did against a lefty in Pittsburgh in a key situation. You've been in the game for an hour and a half here. You're more warmed up. than And and, and warming up, like literally, you're more warmed up than Robbie Grossman is. Um, I would have let Kepler hit in that spot. Fair enough. I don't agree with you. Okay. I think that actually... So you never let Kepler face left-handed pitching?
2: Well, so... <laughs> at what point do you let...
0: But here's the thing. like, At what point do you let Kepler face... Phil doesn't like
2: to joke when he gets
0: hot about an argument. Sorry. Go ahead. Joke around, then I'm going to get serious. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know how hot I'll let you guys that, have your fun. I didn't know how hot that fire I stuck <laughs> my hand in was. <laughs> That's right. So at what point do you just... Say, Kepler, sorry, you're not going to face
2: left-handed pitching, period. No, 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 no. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to say... That's what
0: there's that's what Paul Molitor just said.
2: No, that's not true. No, that is... If he was saying that, he doesn't face lefties in Pittsburgh. But he did. He gets a hit off Smoker, a key hit for the Twins in that series. I think you have to pick your spots with Max Kepler, but you cannot prioritize in this season, you cannot prioritize development over winning if you're the Twins. I don't care which player you're talking about. Byron Buxton might be a superstar. But you have to prioritize winning every single game this year, given that your postseason window is now open. You don't have the luxury of the 2016 Twins of, well, let's just roll this guy out. Let's see what Kenny Vargas can do for 400 plate appearances. That's over. This Twins team needs to take every game seriously to win. And in that spot, I think the math says Robbie Grossman. And people are going to laugh at that. They're going to say, the math says Robbie Grossman. The only thing that I'll say is like optimal lineup strategy there says Robbie Grossman, against whoever the next reliever that they pick, is better than lefty Max Kepler against lefty killer Mark Sipchinski. And on your point about being warmer, I'd say, Robbie Grossman's actually probably warmer, because he's taking swings in the cage inside, and Kepler, despite having been playing for 90 minutes, he's freezing his ass off for 90 minutes, standing around in the outfield. I, I think you could debate the, like, he's used to being in this weather now, but I think there are some real physical effects that we're seeing in cold weather games, where, hey, you're better off just going up. You see Eddie Rosario standing by the heater. He's wagging his fingers in front of the heat gun yeah. and then goes up to the plate and is like, let's make this a short plate appearance. Which Eddie Rosario Swing. was probably saying, anyways, but He's in the cold of the king weather. Of short plate yeah. So I think there's something to be said for Grossman, tough spot for sure. Pinch hitting's never easy. Pinch hitting in 30 degrees is not easy. But that's why Robbie Grossman is on this team, to go get a favorable matchup late in the game. For the record, people are probably asking, well, but you were fine with Grossman hitting for Buxton,
0: uh, Mackey, in the first game of the season. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I do think it's situational to some degree. Like, Kepler... Kepler has been looking really good at the plate for me the first week and a half. Yeah, I'll agree. Buxton looked absolutely terrible in that particular game. I'll agree with that, too. And um in that situation, I, ju- I think at some point you're going to have to just pick spots for Kepler to test his improvement out on left-handed pitching. And they did in Pittsburgh. They didn't
2: this weekend against the Mariners. Sure. So can I get you onto my side, both of you? That leave 2000- me out. Leave me out of this. <laughs> well <laughs> then, come on, just join my side. Who cares? Uh, blind vote from Chris Long makes this two to one. Right. Unless Phil wants to come to our side, saying 2018, the Twins need to win games. Yeah, you this don't is, say, but we're not developing anymore. Okay, this is but not again, a development but I, I agree. I, you got me. Two, two to to one. Hold on, I agree. Oh, well, three pretty, zero. Right. But
0: but you're perpetually developing. But the thi- yeah, t- the the thing is. You're saying Robbie Grossman is who he is, all
2: yep. right? Oh yeah. And,
0: I, and then you and I are on the you and I are in the front seat of the Robbie Grossman bandwagon. I'm driving together. the
2: bus, and I still say Robbie Grossman is what Robbie sure, Grossman like, is. Sure, Like honking
0: the horn, I'm all I'm all for it. Yes. But if Max Kepler has a chance to be something that's like two rungs higher than he is right now, and just needs that left-handed piece to the puzzle, Justin Morneau was a great example. He was bad against lefties early on, but then you start to get more comfortable. He's a, a very cerebral hitter. Max Kepler is, I think, one of the smartest guys in that clubhouse in terms of like self-diagnosing. So I think if you were to put in a... Maybe it's a short-term loss for Max Kepler to be this beast of an overall player at the end of the year. I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but you have to allow for Max Kepler to reach this full potential that warrants him driving in two
2: runs in that spot against the lefty, which Dustin Morno used to do. Yeah, I just don't think that he's well-equipped to do that right now. I think, like, this... Whole conversation reminds me of like rule five guys, which is inside baseball. But By the like, way, Kinley finally got out there after a week and a half and looks good. Great job throwing gas. Big fastball. <laughs> He's going to have to get the slider in the strike zone a little bit more. But like that guy goes in an 11 to three ball game because he needs to get innings against big leaguers to see if he deserves a spot on the roster. Yeah. To me, Max Kepler is in the same spot against hitting left handed pitching. He was so bad last year. He now has to earn those plate appearances back. I think he's looked okay so far at the plate. There's nothing wrong with what Max Kepler has done. I also think there's nothing wrong saying, hey, we think you're going to be great. We've just got to play the the right strategy here. We'll get you at-bats against lefties. you got to work it. But I think he has to earn those spots right now.
0: Uh, Wetmore, great stuff, dude. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. Good stuff. Sorry for the fights, Phil. Stop, I know <laughs> Stop joking around that. on this radio show. There will be no joking around. That's <laughs> not what this is show. for. Uh, the Touch Em All podcast, you can find it all over 1500ESPN.com, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you would uh, generally download podcasts.